Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there. My name is Jane. My name is Kurt. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch an episode of each other's favourite TV shows and then try and work out why we like the things that we like. Mm-hmm. And I, upon reviewing the episode that I designated you a second time, I was like, oh, this is going to be a hard question to answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but right. I've got more reasons behind that once we get into it a little bit more later in the podcast. Sure. Yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, just a little public service announcement, everybody. If I'm not enunciating very clearly today, I do apologize. On the journey over here to record today, <laughs> um, I was stung by a bee on the inside of my lip. Mm. Um, I don't know why that's happened to be the target zone. That's a very unfortunate location. It, it just happened to fly into my mouth and then stung me on the inside of my lip. I then promptly fell off of said bike, scratching myself up, um, mm. and then had to get the sting literally out of my lip. Oh, it my was, gosh. It came off in there. I didn't realize that. Oh, no. Yeah, it was gross. Well, I mean, at least you know the bee is dead now. Yeah, I know. I saw it on the ground. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't sure if you're going to receive comfort from knowing that information, but you were just like, it's there. I see it. Yeah. 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 When I was trying to figure out if it actually was a bee, because I pulled this thing out of my lip and I was like, that looks like a bee sting. Oh yeah. There's a dead bee. <laughs> so yeah, my lip is slightly swollen on the inside and um, feels pretty weird. So apologize if my M's and P's are a little bit odd today. I might be only attached nasal because I'm getting over a cough. But, you know. I mean, I'm always nasally. That's just (laughs) my life as somebody with bad sinuses. So, you know, we're doing real well. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Kurt, what did you make me watch this week? This week, because of impending? No, wait. Oh, yeah. Guys, (laughs) these are Halloween specials. Yes, that's what I wanted to say first, but I went to double check when we were saying it. I'm sorry, yes. Uh, (laughs) Halloween is coming up as of the release of this episode. Yes, I love Halloween way too much. (laughs) So in the spirit of Halloween, Kurt, what did you make me watch this I made you watch Swamp Thing. Okay. Uh, this to me felt like the opening titles of a Netflix Marvel TV show. Very much like what you make me watch next week, actually. Yeah, I, I did notice that there was a good similarity between the two um, opening credit sequences. I think that's just, that style is very in vogue at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think it's almost going to start going out of style because of how much it's being done. I mean, who's to say? Mm. You know, trends and things, they, they come and they go. But anyway, Swamp Thing. Yeah. So. 
the first and only season of Swamp Thing. Yeah, it's it's all it's all kind of what got cancelled after like three episodes or something, didn't it? Yeah, and they were actually going to shoot, I think, a further two or three more episodes uh, to finish up the season, uh, but unfortunately, uh, this actually. Uh, uh, dipping a little bit into uh, production history at the moment. Um, This was a part of the the US launch of the DC streaming service, uh, along with uh, Young Justice, the cartoon show, coming back with a new season. And so there wasn't a lot of content on there at the moment. It was just like kind of all these DC movies and also all of these comic books that you can access on your phone and your iPad and your television. I mean, reading comic books on your TV is not an easy experience. I don't know why many people would like to do that. I don't recommend it. Even physical comic books. Reading comics on your TV. I've done it, yeah. Oh, no, but yeah, no, it's not the kind of thing that people enjoy doing. So, uh, unfortunately, as a result of this not getting as many hits as they wanted uh, as a part of this launch, not only was this show uh, effectively cancelled uh, before it even really got to finish up, it also had this moment of kind of being on the burning train that was the DC streaming service and that it never launched outside of America and is kind of dead now. Yeah, I um, in, in trying to watch this, I was like, I wonder if I can just sign up for that real quick for the seven-day <laughs> free trial. Like, I wonder what happens. Oh, so you didn't realise, you were aware that there was a streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you didn't realise that it, it was never even released outside of America. I had never gone to look for it, so mm. I was kind of like, I didn't know. I was like, there's a good chance that this isn't available to me. Yeah, but, yeah. And it lets you go to the website and it lets you hit the seven-day free trial button. Yeah. And then it tells you that you can't because you're outside the US. So essentially it's still something that they want to do, but they're not really putting any money into it now. Or like maybe they're going to refocus or retarget. But ultimately any kind of streaming service trying to launch this year, not to mention one that isn't a part of a massively successful franchise at the moment is going to have trouble with the competition of Disney Plus coming out yeah. in a few months' time. Plus, or plus the time Apple so. one as well. Oh, yeah. And now there's even um, a uh, NBC one. Is NBC the um, Peacock logo, the, the kind of rainbow thing? Yes. And its re- streaming service is called Peacock. Right. Yes. I mean, it, they probably just have like an iView type streaming service. No, anyway. but now under this rebranding, they're putting money into their own shows. Right. So yes. they'll do digital only releases and stuff yes. like that. Yes. I see. No, as opposed to just having distribution rights to shows that are already under that banner. Yeah, right. Yeah. I see. Anyway, streaming battles aside. This show is actually quite interesting to me because uh, it's part of a uh, comic book DC character under the same title of uh, Swamp Thing that I actually had a comic of, of a similar tale that was either a complete knockoff or this character is kind of a knockoff. I think this whole character concept isn't entirely original. Uh, and so it's it was kind of a part of these black and white comics kind of set in the style of like 19, they were probably based around the 60s, but these kind of 1950s like science fiction tales in outer space. Yeah. or And so there'd be like three comic books, tales in one comic book and like horror stories from the other side, almost like a Twilight Zone comic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of them was almost this exact same plot line of, you know, kind of because uh, the one Thing character was first seen in uh, 1974, um, and this is, of course, part of the uh, DC detective comic book umbrella back in the day. Um, but it, it's also actually got two uh, TV film releases, yeah, um, which are not at all successful. I, I thought they had they were kind of like horror, uh, sorry, hammer horror. 
release type films. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of them even has like an uncut version where I think you see some ladies topless for like an extra 67 seconds. I'm sure you do. Uh, I mean, that's giving you a bit of a peek into terms of the quality of what it was actually about. Um, it's, uh, but I, I've always enjoyed the sentimentality behind this character because it's based in nature. And so it's not necessarily a person, so to speak, but it has this connection with the green or um, what we basically refer to as Mother Earth, I kind of guess. Uh, this kind of feeling that the swamp itself is an entity, not just he is a thing that lives in the swamp and happens to be covered in swamp things. Sure. Um, so I've always, uh, like, I think been attracted to this kind of, like, uh, otherworldly um, consciousness creating itself um, or, or figuring out what it is. Uh, but, of course, there have always been uh, a number of, like, rotating roster of who this person actually is in terms of this whole conspiracy of pollution in a swamp water and then it's causing bad mutated people to be killed in a bad plot scheme to get back the partner's money um and not always about greed basically um but uh, this show uh came out in uh 2019 on may 31st and only ran 10 episodes until august 2nd on 2019 great it was a bit sad lovely yeah uh, thank you for that. I actually assumed that the origins of Swamp Thing must have would have been earlier, back in that kind of very fifties. Um, oh yes, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, that type thing. Yeah. I think I, I always assumed it was rooted in that, but it sounds like it. You know, the seventies is a little bit later than I expected. Yeah, and so that's why I'm almost certain that comic book that I had, because I, like, hold on to old comic book uh, pages and I just rip them all out and put them up against my wall and hang them about the place, because they just have this nice kind of nostalgia look about them. Uh, but there was actually something that happened as a result of the kind of duality between Marvel versus DC um, in terms of one character is released in the in the DC universe and then yeah. Marvel kind of makes a character that looks a lot like that character and has a lot of similar superpowers as that yeah, character. Yeah, vice versa. And so Marvel actually came with this idea first with uh -huh. the man thing. Yeah, and I'm looking up that his right. first appearance was in 1971. Not too much earlier. Yeah. Um, but I have heard of Man Thing. Yes. And Man Thing is almost an incredibly similar backstage origin kind of overall look and aesthetic for the character and its motivations. Uh, so it, it does fall under that sort of thing. Swamp Thing ended up being more of a successful character uh, in the DC universe. So Man Thing hasn't been as much of a character generally um, jumping on the backs of other successful characters and duos or partnerships and that sort of thing. Mind you, Swamp Thing was never no Superman. Uh, there's been a reason why there hasn't been a TV show really based about it and two unsuccessful early vintage movies uh, that are very kind of bad horror action movies post-Rambo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, but I do enjoy this show quite a bit. Uh -huh. I enjoy the way and the direction they were taking it. And after the success and I think incredibly just joyous experience of watching uh, Doom Patrol, I was like, okay, DC TV land is kind of heading in a different direction than the CW Arrowverse, you know? What was Doom Patrol? Doom Patrol is the one where Brendan Fraser is the voice of a brain inside of a robot suit. You've also got a chick with multiple personalities. This was also part of uh, the, the DC streaming service. Don't even think um, I knew anything about it. Uh, I, I really like it. Matt Bomer is also in it. Um, oh, I love him. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I won't deny that Matt Bomer is part of the reason why I was interested in it. Yeah. Have you seen Titans Season 1? Yes. So they actually go visit the Doom Patrol in one episode, and that's where they get Beast Boy from? 
Oh, that's the Doom Patrol. But they completely changed the characters and uh, the uh, Doctor and actors basically um, in the reboot of it in its own TV show. It was kind of a, a reintroduction of who these people are because it's kind of not a huge comic. Um, because Suicide Squad has kind of already been done in the kind of off-kilter Avengers-style group that uh-huh. anti-heroes was hard to find, yeah. I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit disconcerting to the fact that it has a very different ending very quickly at the end of the Titans episode, and just a few months later, Doom Patrol was released, which are the exact same characters but different actors and kind of a different uh, direction for all of them. Yeah, okay, kind of weird. But I really enjoyed it because, oh my gosh, I'm not going to remember his name, the pilot from Serenity... Firefly. Wash. Um, yes. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk uh, is uh, the central villain as Mr. Nobody of Doom Patrol. I see. And he kind of plays a meta-aware narrator um, for the show every once in a while. Great, my favourite thing. Uh, yes, it's not, <laughs> but you enjoy that character, that I, actor at least. Yes. Yes. Uh, and also Matt Bomer, although he don't actually see him for a good portion of it, and I don't think he was there actually filming it, a lot like Brendan Fraser, because he's a brain in a robot suit. Doesn't have to physically be there for the stunt double to be walking no, around. Of course not. Matt Bomer also has a similar thing, because he's not necessarily the invisible man, he just has the same appearance of him. He's kind of got this electrical energy that's potentially from outer space, and he was a World War II vet that hasn't aged and has horrible burn marks across his entire body from a plane crash when it first kind of collided with him and it keeps him going. But enough about Doom Patrol. (laughs) I was excited about the weird (laughs) off-kilter strange way that I thought the DCTV universe was going and I was excited about this. Mm -hmm. I was really enjoying this. I I watched it week by week and then um, binged like the last eight episodes together. Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, would you like to give us some show context then? Yes, I will. Okay, so the show context is your central character is Abby Arcane, a CDC scientist who returns to a hometown of Murray in Louisiana, investigating a deadly virus that appears to be the result of the mysterious swamp. It's clear she has a history with this town and hasn't been seen for some time since the rich Sunderland family appear to blame Abby for their daughter's death, who were best friends with her in high school. There is also the disgraced scientist, but regular-looking, handsome love interest, Alec Holland. Sorry, this is I just... I you felt the need to include that. It's a part of a nod to when the Weekly Planet talked about the Swamp Thing, uh, because uh, another podcast I really appreciate, uh, the Weekly Planet, um, we both uh, generally tend to listen to it, but I'm not sure how behind you are. A little bit. Um, but anytime they'd bring up the central character, it'd be like, regular, regular kind of looking handsome, you know, like, like us. Yes, like us. Ensuing laughter. I mean, <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> yes, no. He's he is, quite a handsome man. He's, he's, he's quite a handsome man, but he's not your you know, CW model hot. He, he's not a he's not a chiseled jaw. Yes, he's not like the epitome of an Amber Crombie Finch model. Amber Crombie? Amber Crombie and Finch? Finch? I'm not an American! <laughs> then don't use American examples! <laughs> anyway. Um... Anyway, uh, he is doing some genetic research for uh, Mr. Avery Sutherland, who is totes dumping crap into the swamp to try and make exciting new discoveries. Great. And so this is the uh, episode context for episode two, just after the pilot, um, Worlds Apart. And bam, Alex was, sorry, I wrote that wrong and I knew I wrote that wrong and I had to rewrite it, but I didn't. His name is Alec. Yes. <laughs> Alec was shot. That is, that is correct. <laughs> uh, killed and kind of exploded in a boat along with genetic material that seems to have mutated Alec Holland into some sort of monster, some swamp 
thing uh, that seems to have a connection and power over the plant life in this area. But something sinister was already brewing in that swamp and infecting the town with the deadly virus that not only kills its hosts, but goes on growing out of corpses and reaching further to spread its literal roots as a result of this screwed up mutagen biological genetic material waste stuff. <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly what it was. Just use every description. Yeah, I was just like, wait, no, this this description said mutagen, and they talked about this, but anyway, it's that. Some people um, to know is Avery Sunderland's wife, Maria, who is all kinds of effed up since Abby returning has trudged up the painful memories of losing her daughter. There's also Susie, a cute little girl who is infected with uh, green flu, the virus that she's investigating in CDC. Uh, And Susie's father was the dead body that crazy crap kept growing out of and the virus killed him. Um, So this poor little thing hasn't got a lot going for her at the moment. (laughs) Um, there's a couple other characters, but you get enough of an introduction to them in this yeah, episode yeah, anyway I that I didn't need to tell you. Lovely. So I'm going to do a bit of a recap cool. of the episode, and then I will play for you my initial reactions. We begin in a swamp where Abby and Matt, the hot cop, are searching for Alex's body. Abby thinks he may have survived and tries to tell the cops that she saw a creature that looked odd and they try to think that Mimi was a bear but there are no bears in Louisiana Um, and the sheriff scoffs at her and pays no heed. The creature meanwhile emerges from the swamp and in his rage and confusion he starts pulling bits of his own head and body off. His pain resonates through to Susie in her hospital bed who screams along with him. Abby stays with her friend Liz and although she's sad about Alex she's determined to continue investigating the illness and Alex's connection to it. Abby goes to Avery to ask to get Alex. Too many A's. Yeah. Abby goes to Avery to ask to get into Alex. Alex, former lab. <laughs> and Avery is kind and sweet and tells her that he doesn't blame her for his daughter Shauna's death, though his wife has definitely relapsed into her grief at the reappearance of Abby. We also learn in this scene. I don't know if we knew this beforehand that uh, Abby was raised by the Sunderlands um, from the age of eight. Yeah. Um. It didn't give you a lot of information in the first episode, just allusions to kind of things. Yeah, no, that's... And I very much view this as a two-parter pilot. Yeah, I I kind of got that sense, yeah. Um, Despite his kindness, he will not let Abby into the lab, and she sees through his manipulation. Mm. So instead, Liz and Abby go to Alex's apartment above a video rental store thing. Um... The owner, a D-list movie star, reveals that the cops have taken everything, but that Alex sometimes recorded his video video journal onto his laptop. Abby watches it, getting teary when she sees the entry about her. Um, I'm just going to quickly do the B and C plots in here before we get to the kind of um, a plot climax of the yeah, A plot. Yeah. The B plot is of this episode is that Maria Sunderland is super sad and goes to see a psychic who goes to do some sort of ritual. But it goes wrong and they both get hurt. After that, Maria seems able to see her dead daughter or swamp ghosty, etc. The C plot is a moment with another scientist working for Sunderland who actively denies that his accelerant is what's causing the sickness. Sunderland doesn't believe this and tells him to fix it, more or less. And then the big climax of the episode is that Abby learns from Harlan, the doctor at the hospital, that Susie is missing. They track her to the swamp, and we learn that she stowed away on a swamp cop's boat. I don't know what those people are called. They're called hovercrafts. 
Uh, oh no! Oh, you mean just just the regular? The, the, oh, the... oh, like a like a ranger for the park. Yeah, like coast guard, swamp guard, swamp guard. <laughs> yeah, I like he's swamp, got a he's got a brown cup. uniform on swamp yeah. cop. <laughs> uh, Matt runs into uh, no, sorry, the swamp cop runs into an illegal smuggling slash drug slash some kind of you know illegal operation, and one of the criminals stabs him through the face. Quite shockingly. Yeah, I mean, I was going to give you the explicit warning, but it's oh, not fine. consistent. It's just every once in a while yeah, a bit creepy and a bit right. more body. It was just, cool. took, me, took me by surprise. <laughs> uh, Susie escapes, but the bad guy chases after her through the swamp. She hides beneath the remnants of a floating structure, but is saved by the swamp thing, who uses his control over the roots and plants to tear the bad guy into many pieces. Abby comes after Susie and sees the swamp thing. After they leave, Susie reveals that the creature is scared and that his name is Alec. That's it. Yeah. That's pretty much the episode. Yeah. Um, it, it was a bit of a bummer for me because what I think I did when I was selecting an episode is that at first I really wanted to give you episode three, but something that we've been running into a bit lately is uh, sometimes emotional moments not necessarily paying off when you don't get as much of an introduction or a bit of an in- yeah. uh, a learning of that character beforehand. It's true. But then when I was watching this again, because I thought, oh, no, there's a nice moment here. You actually get to kind of see how the Swamp Thing acts. But then all of the more things that I probably do love about this show are immediately in the first five minutes of the next episode. I mean, we're going to run to this problem next week as well, so yeah. it's fine. Let's just... Um, but it is um, still... Uh, you get a lot of uh, easy introduction, especially only yeah. in the second episode. Yeah. Um, and also, their previously is pretty damn good, too. Yeah, they previously <laughs> gave me a lot of info, so that's fine. Mm. Okay, here uh, here's my little commentary. Ooh! <laughs> Alison Argent. Hi. Oh, wait. Is it? Am I making that up? Confirmed. Yes, it is Alice. Alison Argent. She's just grown up a bit and looks slightly different, but sometimes the same. Anyway, here's a man crawling out of the mud. Everyone seems like they're being very rude to Alison, and I wouldn't if I were you. Girl is good with the bow and arrow. I feel like this is not going to be the last time the Swamp Thing is compared to a bear. Oh, he's like pulling off part of his head. Gross. Ah. Oh, that's really creepy. The girl is not reacting well. The show manages to make looking in Swampland very, like, beautiful and, you know atmospheric when I'm pretty sure it's just like hot and mosquito-y and gross. I haven't been to a swamp so I can't confirm but I don't know. This looks way too sexy. So the version that I'm watching has French subtitles and now I'm just obsessed with like figuring out what words like match the words that are being said. Like what do these words mean? It's actually kind of fun but I should focus on the episode at hand. Oh they raised her? I think I missed that. Wow, okay. That's a whole different relationship. Why isn't she Southern? Like, she doesn't sound very Southern. He sounds very Southern and he raised her. Cool, well, it's great that you'll love her, but, like, maybe help save the town from, like, the illness that's killing everybody? You know? 
Oh, so there's like proper magic in the show? Okay. I need to like shift what I think this show is. Noted. Quite like the world that we're building. Seems like there's a lot of very vibrant characters, but not like over the top. He seems charming and delightful. Yeah, pretty hot. It's a shame he's going to be a swap monster for the rest of the show. Who's that guy? The, the arrogant scientist man. He seems familiar. I don't know. Like, kind of familiar, but not. I think he just reminds me of the guy out of The Flash. Like, the main scientist guy. But I don't think it is him. I could look this up, but I don't care that much. Hi. Huh. So, when, it, when they say 900 acres, it automatically changes that to, like, 560 hectares on the translation, which I find quite hilarious. Like, you wouldn't just write the acres. I wonder if there's a word for acres in French. Whatever. Oh, the accelerator's absolutely to blame for that. Oh, shit. I was not expecting that. He just stabbed that dude. Oh, the little girl's going to see him. Oh, man. I mean, at least he can regrow his own head, so, you know, that seems like a skill. Probably a skill that the uh, cop could have done with, with the old stabby stab. That lady cop is not very nice. Just, like, chill out. Oh, she's his mum. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this makes a bit more sense, but also, she's not old enough to be his mother. Oh, Susie, honey, that was a bad idea. He is going to kill you. Oh, dear God, he is not dead. I thought he was well gone. Go swamp thing. Ha, ah, that won't do anything because he can literally regrow himself. Oh, just a casual tearing apart. Oh, poor swamp thing. She's scared of him. Okay, well, the dead girl in the bed is kind of terrifying. Convenient that he said his name, but okay, I didn't hate that. Yeah, I, I love the um, the whole hook through the face. That was a nice little surprise, wasn't yeah, it? I mean, I would yeah. say I love it, but I, that was, I didn't realise, yes, of course, we tried to be a little scary for these two weeks of episodes, but um, yeah, no, that was definitely a big jump scare for me. And then when I was like, he's still alive. Yeah. Oh, I not mean, for long. Not for long, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so you uh, didn't hate it? I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some stuff to like in there. Yeah. Um, I did. Um, I don't, I don't really know where to start. Um, <laughs> you were given a lot to work with, but not at the same time. Yeah. I feel like not that much happened. Yeah. And, and in general, I was trying to work out like what the story of the episode was. Mm. And there wasn't much of a story of the episode. Yeah. It's like, what's the A plot? It wasn't actually clear because there was so much side thinking of Abby just not even being central to the episode, but being like the kind of through line of Abby realizing that this one thing was or is Alec. Yeah, I think I think what was tricky is that Abby Abby's focus for the whole first half of the episode was Mourn. to try and find Alex 
research. Yeah. So that she could um, figure out what was going on with the disease. Oh, yeah. She's still got a job to do. She's still got a job <laughs> to do. She can't just, you know, cry over a guy she met just the day before. Yeah. I mean, she was sad that he was dead, but she was still like, I've got to do my job. And so that was her actual objective yeah. was got to get the research. And the tricky part is that the climax of the episode didn't actually relate no, to that. No, no. That doesn't happen until the next episode. So yeah. I find that quite interesting as a structural choice. Mm. Um being kind of like allowing for an emotional storyline of the episode when we get sidetracked by this little Susie adventure. Yeah, yeah, which becomes the main story of the episode. Well, I mean, it, it yeah, I guess. I mean, it's the climax. It it's becomes the, the big moment. It becomes yeah. the focus of the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of find that a little bit um, disjointed mm. for me. And I think that is a part of the pull towards me on this show because this show has, you know, a few question marks, not so many that they're not actually telling you things because they do tell you things pretty easily. Uh, and I, uh, when you weren't sure exactly what kind of illegal operation it was, um, they were saying, if we don't dump this stuff, Mrs. Sunderland isn't going to, we don't get rid of this before Mrs. No, Sunderland is going to give pulling the, the boxes up. Oh, oh yeah. No, in terms of recovering, recovering bits from the explosion. Oh, from the is that night what before. They were doing? Yes, because assumed... they were dumping it before, but then got sidetracked by the explosion and killing Alec. Right. I assumed it was something more like you know somebody has left you like know, money or something, money or yeah. drugs or whatever yeah. it was. No, no, it's, it's, they it's the mutagen it. biogenic material evidence. I see. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but this show, even though this is the second part of kind of the opening to the character in in the world, uh, not only the central character, but Swamp Thing, the titular character um, of the pilot, I find that, you know, the end of this episode is more related to the emotional through line of the next episode. But you, it's it also bleeds through and the start of it kind of leads into her getting to the research. And yeah. actually, you know, having that moment. Um, but I guess, yeah, this this show would definitely kind of start you on a plot, swivel a little bit to somewhere else that you didn't expect that was going to happen. But that's what kind of I enjoyed about it at the time because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. But, I, but then when I started binging it, I would still have the um, emotional satisfaction of getting my through line kind of carried on and continued. That's why I think when I first started watching it, watching it episode by episode was annoying. Yeah, I can see this. <laughs> like this, the fact that it did that annoyed me watching just this one episode. Yeah, and I'm I found surprised it, I liked it. Yeah, I think I understand how that works differently in a bingeable show. And again, I'm sure we'll talk more about this next week as well. Mm. Um, but I guess... I guess, you know, if they were releasing it week to week, then they really should have thought about that. Exactly, because like they if, did release it week to week. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and doing that is not a that is not a bingeable way. It annoyed me so much that I didn't get the re resolution to what was basically presented to me as the key problem in the episode. Yeah. Like, that's quite a basic structural thing. And I know that, like, you know, I'm not saying that you have to follow the rules all the time, mm. but... Um, it's not like it was being subverted in some other way, as in you may learn that in fact what you thought was the was what you wanted wasn't actually what you wanted. No, it's just that something more urgent comes up, and they have to go do that other more urgent thing. Yeah. Um. So I think that that kind of, yeah, it just annoyed me. I think it's not as prevalent in the next episodes after this 
the first one and the second one. I think because what you're actually is happening is that this, even though it is the second episode, is suffering still a bit from the pilot, um, you know, problem in terms of the fact that it's introducing you to these aspects and world building that it doesn't really get too much time to actually show you what kind of show it fully wants to be because there's also this amazing creepy moment and more awesome scientific side stuff and even her best mate who's gay who gets barely any screen time but at least they have a fun dynamic and they actually are people and they act well together abby arcane has uh more to show you of herself in the first episode whereas when you are kind of swapping that for a little bit of understanding of what the swamp thing is in this episode you are lacking some of that i didn't i didn't feel lacking in abby i I felt I understood her. I felt I related to her. I yeah. you didn't you didn't get frustrated by being sidetracked by you know the other doctor who we discovered you know from Lost in the later seasons. I the other he's scientist, Doctor Woodroot, Doctor Woodroot, Doctor Woodroot, Doctor Woodroot in this show. Yes, um, he is Kevin Durand. Yes, I yeah I do know him. He was. He played a, a character called Martin Keeby in Lost in some of the later seasons, and he was like this soldier that came to the island. I think he got blown up in the end. Um, <laughs> who like what well, didn't play a huge part, but the way that he speaks is so um, distinctive. Yes, that, yes, that yes. I remember him, but which is quite interesting because I didn't realize he also does uh, voice acting. Well, I guess most actors do these days. Um, as uh, but uh, he's actually been a part of like Comic Con conventions and panels because he's the uh, voice for the evil villain in the Voltron reboot. Right. Um, uh, but I know him actually as Joshua, the um, kind of hybrid dog person who's the best mate of um, uh, Jessica Alba in Dark Angel. Yes, I do remember that also. <laughs> oh my gosh, you wouldn't have recognized him from that. He's no, got all these looks, um, like prosthetics on his face. He looked very different. Um, but again, I can hear it now that I think about it, I can hear it in the voice. It's also a bit of the pattern. The the way that words are structured together. Yeah, I think it's what's well, the way he's like. I think not so much the a bit of the sound I, and the way that pe- the way that his sentences are structured will be dictated by the script. Yes, so that probably isn't it. No, but I think it's the it's the his enunciation, his actual pronunciation mm. of certain words and ro- how he rolls around consonants and things exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that's probably what you're finding to be familiar. Yeah. Um. So yeah. No, I was I. I can't remember what we were saying. Abby. I liked Abby. I thought she was great. Mm. I, I, I saw a lot of her. I understood. I like the idea that, yes, she's really sad that this person is dead, but also she's got a job to do and she's yeah. just going to get on yeah, with the well, job. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's what you're kind of introduced to in the first episode. Like, you get this essence of the town kind of hates her. I'm here to do a job. Yeah. But I'm, I know I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Exactly. She even goes to somebody who she knows she's going to have an emotional moment with or a problem with. Yeah. She's like, I have to go. She hates him. She doesn't want to see him. And she didn't seem like she hated him. Mm, yeah, yeah, okay. She doesn't hate him necessarily, but they're not on good terms. They're not on good terms. She knows that. She knows that this is potentially not going to go very well, but she's like, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. Um, and I relate to that a lot. There are so many things where I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. I just don't want to. Yeah. And I'm going to complain about it a little bit. <laughs> um, so, no, I liked her. It was fun to see Crystal Reed back on the screen again. Mm-hmm. Um. I was worried when she left Teen Wolf that she left and wasn't going to get any other work. Right, 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 um, right. You know, that thing where they go, like, I'm going to leave the show because I want to do other things. And then you're like, 
cool, but do you go do other things? Oh, Alison Raskin. Alison Argent. Not Raskin. Alison Raskin is someone else who's a YouTuber, but I, this is the first Alison name I got. I just realized who she is. That's what I, I yeah, said. Yeah, I know, it, but I don't know who the actor is. Alison Argent yeah. from Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah. That's what? why I forgot if they were called the Argent family as Wolf Hunters. Yeah. Um, there you go. So that's who she. That's who yeah. she is. Yeah. No, she's 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 quite good in this show. Um. Uh. And I I, she I was like quite her quite good a bit. At Teen Wolf. She got a lot of hate. I didn't dislike her. Yeah. No. I I I liked her. Yeah. I think she also left before the character was repurposed too many times. Well, like she was still repurposed a few times or re motivated. The difficulty or was she was introduced as a romantic interest yeah. and. Then eventually they decided to flesh her out, but they only did that like a season before they decided to kill her. Mm. And then so she didn't really have that much to do. But I thought she was good. And I thought she was very good at this. Yeah. I, I enjoyed her a lot. Um, and it is uh, quite unfortunate that the actor who uh, plays Alec Holland uh, has got a quite a decent chemistry. You can see that for his stage presence, even when you're watching a video of her watching a video of him. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's a quite a nice... Because they just saw each other for kind of one moment, and then it led to them going out on the river to check out some biological material. <laughs> swamp. Sorry. Swamp. Everything is a swamp here um that you know you could see this playfulness between them that was yeah. kind of effortless um so it's quite interesting that you you show such a strong connection and then you've got this awkwardness between her and the hot policeman who you know even his mentioning of you know i that's why i was staring at you i wanted to have a dance with you he doesn't work up the courage to ask her for a dance until the next episode so a lot of it bleeds throughout but for, i guess um I think the end of this episode, what it does is not only introducing something that isn't resolved by the end of this episode, I think it's introducing the background plots for the rest of the season. Yeah, because I can definitely tell that. The, the next episode, it doesn't wraps up Alex's research. Alex's research is a consistent part of the show of leading until the end of the series because, you know, you've also got Dr. Woodrow. I wouldn't have expected them to wrap up Alex's research. I would have expected them to, for the the climax to be centred around that finding thing, yeah. Yeah. or something along those Even lines. Even the setting of his lab. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that it was, yeah, the central conflict was actually a central conflict. Like, it probably would be more of an impactful moment. Let's put on our specs for a bit and see if we could fix this. If, um, you know, the the instead of some random floating structure happened to be the undergrounds of the lab that had been, like, maybe partially blown up or removed out of um, Avery's men have got... Alex evidence out there and so that the the final scene could have wrapped up putting it together and then instead of her saying oh this is what happened it was Alec or he said his name was Alec have you know Allison trying to go find the research which happens to coincide with Susie or something along those lines I don't know exactly yeah, but then if you had the setting of that I that's not perfect <laughs> I think the, the the danger here is that um the Susie plot line I think was great mm. I was a little bit confused as to how she kind of ended up Having this Getting connection. to where she needed to go. No, no. Getting to where she needed to go and getting on the Swamp Cops boat to go to somewhere specific. Like, Oh, yeah. That seemed like quite, like, you know, how smart is this girl? Um, well, she's also, like, feverish and very unwell. Mm. Um, so I was kind of a little bit sceptical about that, but yeah. still. Um, I think that that part was all fine. I just didn't think it belonged there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. No, I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, what did you think about uh, the uh, introduction of a uh, witch and a bit of uh, supernatural presence in the second episode? Uh, yeah, so I had to do a bit of research on 
kind of the tropes around the character of I think it was Nimue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. Me yeah. neither, but I was reading the subtitles. Um and the French subtitles. Yes. <laughs> uh, more on that in a moment. Um Yeah, I'm I think I'm a little bit offended by this right. depiction. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's kind of there's some tropes around kind of magical people of colour and magical people of colour with a disability. Oh, right, because she's, she's blind. blind. And I just feel it's a little bit, like, offensively tropey. Yeah. To be, especially because there aren't a huge number of characters of colour on this show. Right, yeah. There's Liz, um, the friend. The, yeah. And so far that's it. And and this character who um, who was psychic, witch doctor type. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say witch doctor because that's the phrase in my brain. I don't know if that's a politically correct term. Yeah. I don't know if that's a correct term at all. Um, I don't know. Uh, so apologies if that's not correct. Um, I don't know. It was just like... Do you think there was? Why do that? <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's it's trying to, it is it is definitely relying on a trope and bleeding into it like visually, not only just like in terms of the writing, just all of the visual representations of how she looked and how and how yeah. that all was. It like her being blind. It's like I forgot that she's blind because she never seems to have any trouble moving around. No, but she clearly um, was wearing yeah, the glasses. She, yes, and, and, then... and has the glazed over eyes that you see when magic goes haywire um, or she just wants to say something with a bit more emphasis and a creepy tone. Um, but uh, do you think there was a difference in, uh, like, uh, granted, yes, this is also done at a later time and there should be more responsibility put into these representations, mm-hmm. um, but did you ever watch American Horror Story um, Coven? No, absolutely not. Right. I saw half of the first American Horror Story and I was like, this is not for me. Because each season is completely different. Yes, I'm aware of this. <laughs> um, because and the concept of the show and the stupidity of the show was not for me. I could not deal with it. I did not like it quite at all. interesting. No, you know, absolutely these not. These are, all, I guess, being award nominated doesn't really... Does that d- mean nothing. these days. Um, but uh, they've got very strong um, uh, characters who have this kind of setup of, you know, this Louisiana um, people of colour who have this witchcraft heritage and ancestry that is kind of part of general supernatural shows. Yeah. And the thing is, I didn't even think this show was going to be supernatural. And when they brought that character into this, I was surprised. Yeah. Because it's not actually part of the um, informational part of the law into Swamp Thing necessarily. Like every, I mean, it makes sense. It's every anti, every anti-hero thing like spreads out, and they eventually get a bigger villain roster or sidekicks and alliances that they form, and of course they dip into every kind of sort of thing they have available access to. But I, um, yeah, I, I just it, it kind of is a bit unnecessary, but it. It's, I think they were just trying to force this you don't really know what's going on in this town vibe. Yeah, I, I get the idea. And I'm not saying that there isn't um, that, you know, Voodoo and um, this kind of culture doesn't exist in Louisiana and in that area. It absolutely does. And there's mm. a great historical basis for it. Um, it's just that I think when that's when you've only got two people of colour on the whole show, and one of them is a mystical, stereotypical witch doctor type person. 
I think that's just like doing a bit of a disservice to the community as a whole. Mm. Um, it's it's basically saying like this is the only kind of black person that we know. Um, in terms of trying to reach out to these larger than life characters that represent Louisiana, that's what they went for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know. It just seemed a little yeah unnecessary to me. I yeah, I get that they were going for something. They wanted to introduce the idea of magic. Um, and I, I guess try and, you know, make the show seem like it is more of a Louisiana feel for multiple different types of characters, but they, they definitely were reaching completely into the trope of it. Yeah. Not and in also a, like, um, a developed or depth representation of that side. Exactly, yeah. It just seemed all very surface level in yeah. terms of, like, you know, they've got, They've got the two probably most harmful tropes of Southern America, which is the uh, the rich old white family yeah. who pointedly have um, servants. servants who were black. Um, and you can tell, like, just based on the canon in their front yard that they're very much, like, proud of their Confederate history, oh, yeah. um, a.k.a. slave-owning history. Like, you can tell that that's what they are. That was less textual, yeah, openly yeah, textual, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I looked at that scene when they first pulled up to the house and I was like, they've got a cannon in the front and he's very Southern. I see what we're doing here. Not to so mention that is, the whole style of the house. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is, that is a harmful trope, but also a valid trope. Like, I'm okay with you showing that one because that's okay. But at the same time, they didn't call attention to the fact that that's what they are. Yeah. So they call attention to the harmful tropes for people of colour, but they didn't pay attention to the harmful tropes for white people, mm. you know? If you're going to do, you know, black mystical um, witch doctor um, blind woman, then you also need to point out that, you know, that you're white and owned slaves, and your yeah, family that, owned slaves. That, that the white people in that in that town probably owned slaves and probably are proud of it. Mm. You know, the introduction of magic itself to the world um, was surprising to me. Oh yeah, uh, it seemed like they were going for more of a scientific sci-fi type story. Mm, definitely, a basis of the show of her even coming here in the first place is as a CDC agent. Yeah. Um, I did kind of wonder if uh, if we were doing science as magic as yeah. part of the thing. I'm like, is it just that um, she's reading it as darkness and evil versus light, but actually it's just bacteria. Bacteria. Yeah. Um, that's kind of an interesting concept, but I don't know if that's where they're going, mm. and it doesn't seem like it, particularly with the with um dead Shauna coming back, not only in Maria's eyes, but also in Abby's nightmare, which I didn't mention in my recap, but yeah. she has the dream about Shauna as well. So I'm like, is Shauna a real ghost or is she also been taken over by the swamp, swamp. <laughs> in the same way that Swamp Thing has and, or in a different way, but yeah, in yeah. a similar way. So that, that, I don't know is, what's going on, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that is definitely the questions that they are raising. And I think they tackle it a bit more clear, not necessarily clearly because it's not clear, I suppose, but you have to understand what's actually going on, I suppose. Uh, but with the, the Swamp Thing much more than they do with Maria, that's kind of just a next episode kind of plot line that is wrapped up um, as, a, as, a, as a central B plot. That's a central B plot? A central B plot? Yeah, a central B plot. That makes no sense. No. <laughs> that is an oxymoron. Yes, it is. Been tautology and oxymoroning all over the place this morning. <laughs> Do apologise. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so 
Yeah, I don't know what to think about the magic thing. I'm okay with it, but I'm just sort of, it did pull me out and go, okay, different. What I think is unfortunate is that I'm not sure if they had more of a plan to do more with it with the two episodes after it or the two to three that they were planning on writing. Um, But there's not a big enough or a deepening of that plot line that is interesting. There is a definite fascinant that you discover in the next episode that still has mystery around it and you start to learn more about, but then you don't really know what happens and it never gets paid off. It's definitely one of the plot lines they had to sacrifice when they realized that they were ending. And they were kind of like, okay, how do we, how do we wrap this overarching story up now? Because they, they realized while they were still in production, which was so disappointing um, for a show to hear, especially of, like, ones that was receiving very positive audience critical reactions. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't getting the numbers that they wanted, I think largely as a result of where it was being put on. Yeah. On a DC streaming service that hadn't really been properly tested. And um, I feel this would have done really well on Netflix. Yeah. Or even like on some other kind of Hulu or something like that. Yeah. Amazon Prime even, I think it would have done a more interesting job because it's kind of this twisted horror that isn't entirely um like gory yeah it's it's it, but it's a bit more off center and makes you feel uneasy and it's not just you know a guy in tights running around claiming to be a superhero i think it's interesting that we're still kind of speaking about it as horror right i don't i didn't feel that it was horror yeah i guess it. i guess the horror elements are more in based in certain scenes of the show and yeah. those scenes were much heavier in the first episode and they pop in and out of the show as the series goes on. Yeah. So I guess it's not consistently a horror show. It leans into horror quite heavily, um, definitely for a visual aspect of how the Swamp Thing is and looks and feels and the, there's noises that are around him. Um, but then, yeah, it kind of drifts back from that and, and, think, and just goes a bit more drama. I think some of the aesthetics are very horror-like. I think kind of the the misty swamp. Oh, yeah. The, the colouring. You're so right. No, I've been to swamp areas. It is hot. It is sticky. It is mosquitoes. Even in wintertime, it's not this kind of, like, fog mist, gorgeous-looking Halloween yeah, moment. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was beautiful <laughs> to look at and very horror-like, but I'm also like, I feel like it should be grosser. <laughs> but I will say the thing that they nailed on the head pretty well is how the Swamp Thing character looks. Sure. I would say prosthetic wise, because there isn't a lot of that that is computer generated, like some of the like tendrils and other things like that and stuff is, but almost everything that you're seeing on his face is actually a real prosthetics. Yeah. And he looks like, I know this is a bit of a, like a detail and oddness, but he looks wet. And well, yeah, he's in you'd the swamp. want him to. He's the Swamp Thing, but in every movie adaptation of the Swamp Thing, he doesn't look wet. He just kind of looks like he's in this weird camo gear, <laughs> and it's just like that kind of like plant life hanging off him. But it's not got this mushiness to it when he looks mushy. I know that I sounds mean, weird to say, but, yes. but it's like for this kind of character that is, you know, your central character and your central mystery, so to speak, and you're not really sure what he is. Um, is like in his motivation like this is the episode where you realize okay if you had no knowledge of what the hell this one thing is or was um you're like okay he gruesomely killed a man but to save a girl like you you got that clearly in your system (laughs) obviously but i think the thing that i liked more about this one thing is the immediate reaction that he has in the opening of the next episode but starting you on that without 
seeing how he got there, I wasn't sure if it would have any emotional weight at all because he's almost in more agony after he's just killed someone than when he first realizes he is something now and yeah, is pulling right. away at his head. But that's a very visceral moment of that first initial reaction. So you did get to see some of it, but I really enjoy seeing the Swamp Thing's um, just self-discovery because it comes to existence out of nothing, seemingly. It is, you know, attached and related to or maybe Alec, but it is quite interesting to just see it, figure things out, yeah. think in memories, associations, and tap into memories of plants and feelings and other, like, stuff. I think science-wise I was like, oh, she, she kind of, her house was kind of around the swamp area, that's why her dad got green flu on such a very bad level and died one of the first victims of it. Um, and maybe the, like chloroforms of plant life or whatever chloroforms. That's not it. Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll particles of plant life have like seeped into Susie, so that's why she has some sort of psychic connection with the swamp in a scientific level. But you know that was never something that I needed to know the answer of. I mean, I think I think that it's they're clear enough that through whatever you know accelerant um, has caused the illness and has caused swamp thing you know, creates a connection. Mm. Um, and I think the idea of connecting that through the idea of um, roots of the trees and that kind of thing and a network basically yeah, underneath yeah. the earth yeah. um, and and not only underneath the earth, but, yeah, kind of through them, mm. through the very veins of each other's bodies. I don't need a great scientific explanation of that. Oh, that's, okay. <laughs> that's fine. I get that. And that's, you know, quite lovely to think of. I do kind of think that... Um, learning or coming to an understanding of how much of this creature is Alec and how much is something else is definitely something that I'm intrigued to look into further. Um, and I, I assume that's going to be a big part, like you've kind of mentioned, of of his journey um, because, you know, you can see that he's done this awful thing out of protection for Susie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can tell that he did that with no remorse, which from what I understand of Alec didn't seem to be something that was within his character beforehand. <laughs> yes, no, um, it didn't. He was interested in the accelerated uh, like growth of plant life and biogenetic material. He didn't seem like the kind of guy that would pull another guy apart. Yeah. Um, so you can tell that he's definitely different, mm. um, but that he has the same uh, perhaps core, mm, like motivational, him, motivation, morals, morals ground, um, something within him that is the same that still wants to protect, uh, which is the very trait that got him killed in the first place. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> so you know, I think that that's um, that seems to me like it's going to be a really interesting uh, exploration. Mm. I don't know how they're going to do it since he doesn't seem to speak. Um, he. The next episode is called He Speaks. Okay, great. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, or It Speaks, I'm not sure. One of the one two. One of the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can see that that's definitely the um, part's going to be the crux of the show or one of the one of the central running themes is who is this creature, what is he made of, and, and what could he become? Mm. What um, does it mean for the rest of humanity? What does it mean for the rest but of humanity? You're on that journey with Abby, and Abby being the central character in the eyes of the show, did you find that 
fine because sometimes you know a character who is clearly coming back into town after some time has passed that's a huge trope i mean we've seen it in roswell yeah, but I mean, there's a reason it's a trope because it works as an audience through line member Absolutely. someone looking through the eyes of experiencing all this for some time but also for the first time. you know not only does it work narratively but it also speaks to so many of us on a very deep level because we don't like going home well because you know <laughs> well, we, we, we don't mind going you know home. what it's like when you go home and you walk around and you see the things that have changed and the things that are exactly the same how you're different and just being there and how that that unlocks parts of you that you forgot about Mm. um and seeing people that you haven't seen in so long and you go this is how i used to feel about that person and how do i feel about that person now like coming home the idea of coming home is such a strong rich um idea and, and it, I'm it, actually okay. You can write as many coming home <laughs> narratives as you like. I think it's really sh- a, re- a really strong ground in which to mine for material. Um, whether it's always done well is a different story. Yes. I don't think you get that. And sometimes it's just tropey and, oh, here's the boy I dated in high school. And, oh, here's this person that I pissed off. This mm. one seems a little more complex. Yeah. And she s- left because there's... You know, because of reasons that seem to have been out of her control. Yes, and and the show was very... I don't think it's until episode four you actually find out what happened between her and the daughter. Um, it's just talked around and alluded about, which I really enjoyed, actually, for especially for, you know, normally, which are quite expository, you know, first two episodes of a show tend to be, um, of the fact that... Cause when you have something like that in your life, a, a terrible event that's affected you, people talk around it. People don't talk about it directly, especially when you haven't got a deep personal connection with them yeah. anymore. It's an, it's a it's a it's a topic of that's discomforting to people. So I liked the talking around it and the slow eventual reveal of what actually happened. That so you kind of had picked up most of the pieces of information to figure out what it is anyway. Again, if it's done well, I think that that can be really good. Sometimes it can be really hammy where it's clear that you're just trying not to say the thing because you don't want to reveal it in the plot yet. Right. Um, and that annoys me. Yeah. But if, if it does feel natural and it does feel like it's just a topic that you're avoiding because nobody wants to talk about it or because you don't need to because everybody knows, mm. whatever it may be, I think that that can be, yeah, kind of um, effective when we finally do learn. But yeah. You've got to do it well. They're very true, very true. But I, I like the I, – I think that what we're kind of um, – the show exploring the kind of Frankenstein-esque um, story of a monster who doesn't seem to know or understand his place in the world. Yeah. Um, I think is very, I mean, obviously it's very rich. How many times have I retold the Frankenstein story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously the original novel, which I haven't read all the way through, I have to admit, but I know it well enough from its place and culture. To know that basically it's about a, a well-meaning monster who is treated badly by society. Constantly humanity um, gives it a reason to, to hate it back. Exactly. And then when something does actually happen bad, that I think it was by accident or in a moment of um, passion or anger, then he is blamed to run out of, you know, run basically out of the country. Um and I don't know how much that's going to play into this show because I don't know how well know the swamp thing is going to become. I like, you know, if we're going to get this mob mentality, this yeah, mob beating the beast that dichotomy. It really seemed to be to be the direction it's going in. Mm. But still it's the idea of when you when you are a monster or when you become a monster and you are apart from society, 
what role do you play and what role can you play and can you have can you be loved can you love again um and and yeah how does your relationship exist with the world particularly when your relationship with the world in this instance is probably going to be told through the idea of you know also being connected to the environment yes which is you know being harmed by humans yes so that you're kind also of adds having an this extra layer of complexity onto your interactions with the human world he's already experiencing what you mentioned in terms of frankenstein's effect to him on on his experiences with humanity he's already constantly getting experiences of humanity by having this psychic link and connection to the place and the location and how that environment is treated that even in his early days of discovering who he is and what he is, um, he's already got a really bad uh, introduction to humanity. Um, he's got this inherent wanting to protect the innocent, but, um, it's it's interesting when he and Abby finally actually start talking about it because she, her acting in this, I will say, for the reality of a uh, disease that has like literal roots and swamp like like tendrils crawling out of a corpse, um, and you know a swamp thing that is not a bear at all <laughs> is. Um, She's acted very well, I think, in response to that kind of thing. And I think that may play a part into the amazing job that the prosthetics in the art department have done in the show in terms of she's not acting across from a green ball. Mm. You know, she's acting with something. Uh, and I, it is quite interesting. But I will say, I think one of the reasons why I love this show is I was realising it as we were talking <laughs> because what we're talking about right now was definitely my draw to the show and it was what I kept watching it for and that's why I enjoyed the binge because I got to... It was around the episode 3-4 mark that I was like, oh, I'm really interested in what's happening in his own decisions and weight and responsibility and he develops his own sense of... Um, right and wrong in Mm -hmm. terms of law and unlawful because you know you've got this whole other essence this whole other part of his consciousness is not human yeah he can no longer abide by human law exactly um, or human understanding of right and wrong because you're connected now to an ecology of of beings that don't don't abide by that that are lesser than creatures well are they well, that humankind just, view as less than... Yeah, it's just a different... The value of life is different. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that that seems like it's a really strong... It is It is the really exciting drawer and why I continued enjoying the binge. But what surprised me, and it's one of the things I did actually enjoy about the show, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, I'm still not sure, <laughs> because I don't think it fully got to where it wanted to go, given its cancellation. Yeah. Uh and also what we talked about earlier with the Witch Doctor character, is that every single supporting character in this show has significant depth and storyline. Yeah. With the exception of the Witch Doctor. Yeah. Which I think it was building towards something, uh, but I didn't depth, see it. I wasn't though, sure. Or just yeah, like no. plot, because yeah. plot and depth are not the same thing. True. And they didn't really delve much. She was always, uh, you know, a tool almost Ugh. for other people to use for their own um, plot. Yeah, lines. so that really upsets me. Um, yeah, no, looking, me looking back on it, yeah, I do, I do definitely see that. But, you know, even the sheriff's, uh, the sheriff who is actually a hot cop's mum. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're aware of that at this point in time. Yes. Oh, okay. I had my, I had my realization. 
Oh yes, 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 yes. She's just mean. Uh, you know, she's got a, a whole like through line and storyline, and then Maria and and everyone. You know, the hot cop, the the friend who's also a lesbian but a journalist. And I wasn't sure if you figured that out. Also in this a lesbian episode. and a journalist. Yeah. Well, I was just, yes. I just, it's in the next episode. She just, you know, her partner's there and her partner's there, and there's no deal about it that's made. We it met the partner in this episode. Oh, I keep forgetting because I watched the two back to back. Right. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, it's all of the good stuff that I wanted in the next episode, but you need to understand for the first. First episode, yeah. but yeah, no, because she, she stayed over uh, that night, and she's like, eh. yeah. Um, but I do appreciate how much um, bourbon is drunk in this show. It's just <laughs> a fun thing. It's not something I do a lot. I just feel really fun with the fact that this kind of just like you know, chicks don't need to sit around and drink rosé. You know, they're mm. they're from Louisiana. They're gonna drink stiff. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but no, the, the I, I th- yeah, yeah, I, the funness of the fact that the story kept trying to give more and more stuff for the side characters to do, yeah, is really nice to see in a show. But I don't think was fully effective. Sometimes it was, and sometimes it wasn't. And yeah. and I didn't, I didn't really get what they were going with one character for. What was that other show that we watched where they were trying to have their cake and eat it too? Um, too many characters, too many plot lines, can't do it all. Uh, Dominion. Might have been Dominion. Yes. Yeah, I think it was actually. In terms of the, um, you know, the angel plot line, but you didn't understand necessarily with when they just ended up dead or. I don't know if no, it was that. Really. Anyway, there was. We've had this before, where sometimes you have a show where you have lots of characters, and some of the characters you're more interested in than others, but you're trying to give everybody a really important plot line, and you're biting off more than you can chew. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if that's perhaps what it is that that maybe didn't quite get there i mean particularly when you do have only 10 episodes and you plan for longer and then suddenly you're like oh shit well uh Mm. (laughs) um so you know there may be you know seeds of things that were incorporated earlier that never quite came to fruition yeah i mean the the tragedy of a show that's cancelled before its time we all know it well yes yes you know we've all had heartbreaks in our time um, you know, I was I was of the prime age to be very upset by the Firefly cancellation. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no, our 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 lives were kind of at that point of we started really getting into television shows. Uh, you know, around the writers' strike as well. Yeah, that's right. We lost a lot of shows in in the two thousand seven two thousand eight writers' strike. Mm-hmm. So that was that was also a sad time. Not to mention quality of shows. Don't even get me started. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so, that, what is that, so is that why you like? Yeah, the show? that's why I really like so the show because like- I like that it it might be biting off more than it can chew, but it's doing. It's at least chewing pretty well. Okay. Like it's 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 not taking it's it's but it's really giving other characters and again now realizing this because it was such a small minor role and mm-hmm. I probably should be keeping a bit more of myself in check in terms of what I'm seeing and representations of, of people outside of my own experience as a Caucasian, um, but it's just um, it was nice to see them really give all the other female roles, like, more if mm. than the other male roles who are part of the show. It's because women are more complex. <laughs> um, and, yes, your central character is not actually Swamp Thing. It is Abby Arcane. Yeah, She is your three-line course. character. She is your ca- the audience's eyes. But that bled out completely to the rest of the supporting cast. The people who spend more screen time is not your hot cop or, you know, Alex video diaries that are for some reason kept on the the realtor's laptop my question about that is (laughs) he said he said he likes to edit his stuff off before he sends it to his before he uploads it yeah but so if it's uploaded somewhere you're editing your own journals 
No, no, that's not my. That's oh, not there'd my be question. a cloud. If it's uploaded somewhere, then yeah. can't, why can't Abby just go find it wherever it's uploaded? I guess she wouldn't have access to it. I w- I assume that meant like it was a public journal. No, no, because she, the stuff that she was talking to him about in their first episode was all very hush hush. The whole reason why Avery hired him is because he was a disgraced scientist. What's the point of doing a video journal if it's not public? Because he realised he was onto something else and was doing it on the side. Um, well, what Avery was paying him to Video do. journals just don't seem like the best way to, like, actually get detail about what you're doing, that's all. Like, he wasn't, he didn't reveal any detail about what he was doing in any of those videos. He's just like, I'm on the swamp again. Oh, I met that chick. I met the chick, you know, like, you, you can't talk this about- This is exciting science. You can't, like, show up your, your science and say, like, look, I figured it out, you know, with the equations or whatever it is. Like, I don't know, that just seemed like a silly thing to me. I, an excuse to get- some video footage of him, you know, saying nice things about Abby. Yeah, I mean, like, it was an excuse for the audience to remember what he looks like because mm. he was killed That's in the first episode. Is it the same actor that plays him in in the suit? I'm not entirely sure. That's what okay. I'm going to check. I believe it is because he wouldn't be cast as it for just one and a half episodes. I mean, why not? Um, but he seems too small to be playing Swamp Thing. Um, I think he, it might be a similar situation in terms of, uh, like a body stunt double, but the, um, actor voice. Well, he, it's definitely his voice. Oh, well, see, again, I didn't Cause know yeah, that. Because, yeah, the next voice. episode he starts to speak. Um, Alec Holland, no, Derek Mears, the Swamp Thing. Yeah. Different, ac- different actors. Yeah. But, um, he would be the, um, vocal portrayal. Sure. Um... Yeah. Because that's a big boy. Yeah. So so that's why you like the show. I'm at a pretty solid two on this. Yeah, yeah. I like that I was worried because of how much the first seeds that are sown in this episode pay off in, like, the next 10, 15 minutes of the next episode. Yeah. But it was – it. I was trying to play with this line of – you need to understand the characters a little bit more before it yeah. comes through. But then also that's showing the weakness of a show that doesn't necessarily have full development or episodic payoff within one episode in yeah. its entirety. Yeah. Um, but solid too. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also not that far away from a four. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm, I, um, think... I just think I think the, the, the lack of that, yeah, really strong through line from start to finish mm. um, and a little bit of the, like, this swamp is a bit too sexy to be a swamp. Like, <laughs> those things turned me off a little bit, but not enough for me to go, like, mm, no, nah, not interested. Um, True. I would appreciate it if it more in the swamp scenes that, um, like, Abby's hair was just, like, frizzy or maybe just, like, I mean, the humidity does I just want like, everybody to be a little, little bit dirtier. Sweaty and... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get you get dirt on you. It's in the air. Yeah, when when you're at that kind of location, you don't you like wipe sweat off your um forehead, and now you have dirt on your forehead. You don't know how it got there. Exactly, and and every single like around every single collar and every single armpit should just sweat be stains. sweat. That's not sexy, Jane. I know, I know, <laughs> but you should just be sweating all the time. We never see armpit swamp. sweat stains in TV shows. It what gives us so many bad least, hang-ups about it when we're older. give me some, some collar sweat, you know. Yeah, collar sweat can be sexy. People back sweat will... can be sexy. Oh, I don't know about back sweat. After find... a big, you know, a muscly man just starts doing, finishing off his jog, no? I find back sweat absolutely gross. Well, no, if you can see the muscles and you can see more definition of the tonal nope. okay back sweat's <laughs> disgusting i would rather see armpit sweat than back sweat i am a fan of back 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're learning a lot about both of us today, so let's just um, wrap right that back up. In. Um, two eyes. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm curious to see more. Um, I don't feel the need to rush home and watch it right now, but yeah. I think I'm I'm certainly not averse at some point when I'm bored to definitely definitely didn't on. have the Shira effect on you. Did not have the Shira effect on me. I'm afraid. No, no, I wasn't expecting it to yeah. because I know this show suffers from not being. Uh, epi- fully episodic. Yeah. It definitely lets things bleed a little bit over into each other. And now episode. that I think about it, there's also, um, it also takes itself quite seriously. And that's yeah. not, and that's fine. Like, that is a totally legitimate artistic choice to not have a show that has humour um, or a lot of humour. It doesn't so much speak to me personally. I like a show that has a really good combination of um fun moments even if not funny moments but fun moments in good twine like comedic timing in a brutal like emotional scene yeah like, to wrap it up. you know a bit of sarcasm a bit of a bit yeah, of snark you're missing this i need a bit of snark like just a little bit your snarky character didn't get enough screen time this episode who's my snarky character is is the friend who's also a, a narcissistic uh, cynical journalist right yeah 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 okay Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I have to say about that one. What's been in your eye this week, Kurt? Uh, what's been in my eye this week is uh, American Horror Story 1984. Sure. So I know that you're not necessarily a big fan of the American Horror Story series. I'm not the biggest fan. I've only seen probably three and a half, three and two halves mm-hmm. <laughs> of seasons of American Horror Story. And as most people are aware, if you're not, um, each season is a different storyline and structure, sometimes with actors being representative of different characters, mm-hmm. and Ryan to Ryan Murphy, um, uh, some of which being Jessica Lange and uh, ooh, Sarah Poldrick. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I really like this theme because it's 1980s slasher and the t- the core center group of characters going to a summer camp happen to be aerobic instructors at a gymnasium or sure. taking an aerobics class and happen to be all together in that kind of 80s gear. And this takes you back to a time where Johnny Depp was in a crop top in Nightmare on Elm Street and it wasn't considered gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> that this is a time when, you know, the, the colours were ridiculously bright and, you know, short and high-waisted and big hair and Billy Lord in this is just very fun. Um, and also Gus Kenworthy is uh, cast in this show, who's a winter American athlete, uh, known for being one of the few out open athletes to um, uh, compete in the Olympics. Um, but his acting isn't on par with the others, but it gets better after the second episode, or as I can see, or in, in more, as scenes get more stressful and more interesting, I've enjoyed him. But he's, it's been nice to watch a show that's fun but still taking its genre seriously. It feels like Halloween, you know? It feels like these kind of teen slashes, but keeps you on your edge a little that you're like, by the end of the second episode, I'm like, spoiler alert, um, not detail heavy, but they introduce a supernatural element in the second episode, just like Swamp Thing did. And I was like, wait, what? We're going supernatural already? Wouldn't you, like, tease about that and give us more information? But they take a few things over the top and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Because the 80s look of a show in this day and age is over the top, and it is fun. It is a bit ridiculous. So I like that the the characters are kind of along that train as well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely not going to watch that. No, you're not. Um... <laughs> 
On the topic of infectious diseases, as we were in this <laughs> in this uh, episode of Swamp Thing, yes. um, I have finally, finally gotten around to listening to This Podcast Will Kill You. Oh, gosh, that sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's probably a very interesting and detailed podcast. Awesome. It just sounds terrifying to me. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, it's a podcast. It's part of the Exactly Right Network, which is the network started by um, the My Favourite Murder Gals. Right. Uh, and it's basically a podcast about infectious diseases. Um, you enjoy listening to this? Oh, it is so cool. Okay, I do science behind different types of uh, like like surgeries and corrections uh-huh. and injuries. Uh-huh. I haven't really delved into diseases I mean, because I that don't... part of that is something that disturbs me. No, it's so cool. I just So like it started off with <sighs> like the first one they did the flu and then they did um like they've done Lyme disease, they've done measles, they did a two-parter on the plague, and I love the plague. Oh, yeah, I can see. But that's got enough time passed for me for that I can separate it and enjoy it. the plague's still around, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, yes, I do, actually, because on another podcast I heard about the fact that when a book was donated, um, in, in its pages it contained, like, I think a dead flea or something. Right. That included live... Um, like mm-hmm. molecules of the the active mm. plague. Yeah. Oh my god. Yesenia pestis. That's the name of it. Oh. Um. Yeah. And and at the moment, um, I'm just listening to the malaria one, which is really interesting. You know when you had all those night sweats like a few months ago? Did you get checked for malaria? I did not get checked for malaria. I actually had a fever on the weekend. You should get checked for malaria. Um, <laughs> See, that's why I don't want to watch these kinds of things because I get on a self diagnosis train or a paper diagnosis, which is really bad when someone's like. Maybe you got this. Maybe you got this. Like, I do appreciate people caring, mm-hmm. especially the fact that my mother is a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, are, for some reason, are up to date on some of these random scientific <laughs> articles and things. And when you hear about them or see them or have experience with someone about them, you're just like, hey, maybe you should. Yeah. yeah. If we're going to regular heartbeat, I'm going to go to the doctors and check it out. I mean, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, I really enjoyed this podcast. We'll kill you. Um, it's it's based, It's two epidemiologists, so they're specialists. Oh, that's cool. They're actually specialists in the field yeah, um, and they do all of this research. For every, I can't imagine how much research goes into every episode. Um, I think they're actually doing it as part of their PhD. Oh, that's um, cool. Which is great and it's really so it's interesting. Not, it's not too long? It hasn't been going on for a long time? Um, uh, started in 2017, I think. Oh, okay. So by this time they may or may not have finished their PhDs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know where they're at. They, Probably are still going. PhDs could take a long time. Yeah, no, particularly as... medical PhDs. Yes. Oh, especially like I'm. I'm. Uh... Are they MDs? Are they doing an MD and a PhD? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> they're doing Ds. They're doing some Ds. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I knew what I was doing and you didn't, and then immediate regret face mm-hmm. or more dis- disapproval face. I think. <laughs> no, not Jane. good. Anyway, um, moving on. I know that a lot of people obviously will have um, listened to this podcast. Will kill you. It's you know quite well known. But if you haven't, I recommend it. It's really fun. And yes, it will send you on a little bit of a self-diagnosis tree. But <laughs> the good thing is that they give you lots of information about whether disease is at now and why like where it's actually endemic and where it isn't oh yeah in terms of locations and where it would actually be concerned exactly and and even a little bit about like you know 
what the specific symptoms are for that disease that, you know, you can say, okay, well, if you have this one symptom, then you only have that disease. Like there are some symptoms that are so specific. Anyway, it's really cool. Okay. Highly recommended. Cool. All right. Um, well, I guess that's about it for um, this week's episode. Uh, remember you could uh, rate, review, or subscribe. It'd be lovely to hear from any of you or give any suggestions to other shows you might like us to talk about or anything that you like that we talk about. It was nice when someone actually commented in terms of they liking a show that we got around to doing. And then I was nervous because because I knew Jane didn't like that episode of the TV show. So, uh, but I guess that's the kind of dynamic that we have on this podcast. So if you enjoy it, please let us know. Absolutely. And you can also let us know by coming over to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, particularly Instagram. That's where we kind of hang out the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can let us know. You can also participate in iChart, which as of the week of recording this, I have decided to make them a lot easier. I had a long conversation with some <laughs> colleagues about it. I was... I was talking with Jane about this after a show, having a couple of drinks in the park, and I was like talking to them, I'm like, can you guess this? Can you guess this? Can we guess this? What would be a better clue? Is it easier? Is it harder? It's it's not a good sign when I can't guess it and I've been a part of the show. It's true. And I thought I was really obvious with that one and it still didn't wasn't clear to you. So anyway, um, so I'm working on them, I promise. Somebody has guessed it right this week, so I'd like to give a big shout-out to Miss Mashley, who coincidentally is my colleague and boss, Ashley. Um, <laughs> good work, Ash. Um, yeah. You did get that episode correct, and you can let me know on Monday how you think I've gone with making that easier because she was one of the people who suggested I make it easier. <laughs> Which is nice because, I mean, I've talked about it with my colleagues before and I was like, how could you haven't guessed yet? And, like, I haven't been able to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was also like, you're also five to ten years younger than me, so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's it's a whole thing. I'm working on it. Um, other than that... Oh, that's also at Made You Look Pod. At Made You Look Pod, everywhere. Please <laughs> come find us. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we hope have, that you come back next week. Have a fun Halloween if you enjoy yes. doing anything Halloween-related. I know I'll be dressing up like some random superhero character because it happens to be around the same time of another popular gaming convention here, which is a good opportunity to cosplay. Right. Um, I don't know what I'll be doing. I do love Halloween, but um, I don't have any friends. So I've only got you. And anyway, it's a longer story. Um, (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. I didn't want to do it. Are you trying to do the count? We'll talk to you next week. That's much better. Uh, uh, I uh, half uh, committed and it just doesn't. One half commitment. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. Two Uh, half commitments. uh, uh. That's one old commitment. Uh, 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 uh. And we'll talk about commitment next week. Sure we will. Okay, bye. You should get glasses. (laughs) No, I can... No, seriously, this is great. With my glasses on, I can read it from back here really easily. I mean, I can if I really concentrate, but then that's not going to be... Yeah, exactly. I'm the same. I can read it from here. It's fine. But when I put my glasses on, ah, so smooth, so clear. Put these on. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.